Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 179. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner, or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful, and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's Small Business Superstar podcast episode. How the devil are you? I hope you're having a great week. I am, as always, very excited to bring you yet another Small Business Superstar. And this week, I am very excited to welcome the very lovely Joanne Roach. Joanne, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Super glad. So I've known Jo for a little while because she's in the academy, which is lovely. And I know a bit what she does. And she also happens to live fairly close to where I am. So I think we have physically met a couple of times, obviously back in the good old days when we could actually meet people. (laughs) Not so much now. Jo, let's start, as I always do, by you explaining to my audience what it is that you do and how you got to do that. Okay, thanks, Teresa. Uh, Well, I encourage children to grow, cook and enjoy eating their fruits and vegetables by using stories and games and activities to kind of connect them to where their food comes from and how the seasons work. And when I say encourage children, really, I'm helping the parents, the teachers, the child carers, because there's so much information and pressure around children's food. And it can be a bit overwhelming sometimes, Um, you know, not only feed our children perfectly, but also to educate them about food perfectly. So I just focus on the one thing that I like I know everybody knows we could do more of, which is to eat more fruits and vegetables. So there's a lot of evidence that children who are more familiar with foods are more likely to eat them. That if they play with food, they're less likely to be picky. Even if you show pictures of vegetables to children, they're more likely to accept them. Mm -hmm. So all of the things I do are about getting children to see fruits and vegetables, name them, play with them, touch them, know where they come from, how they grow 
how they smell and how they taste. Okay. So that's what I do. That's awesome. How on earth did you get into that? <laughs> well, like a lot of people, I sort of saw a problem in my own life and tried to solve it. So I'm not a dietitian. I don't give nutritional advice. There's loads of brilliant people that can do that for parents with children. I don't try and do that. I've got a background in early years. So I used to help people set up day nurseries, become a childminder, build a family centre, that kind of thing. And that was where I really saw that if you get children to play, they will take on almost any skill or any fact just by playing and being familiar with something. And then when I had my own children, we had a little front garden. We were in Ludlow in uh, like a little side street. We had a little front garden and we just grew a few fruits and vegetables. And my kids were like three and five and they like playing in the dirt. And because we backed onto a school, we used to let the school children come and, you know, dig things up and guess what the things were just a couple of times yeah. a year for an hour. And two years in a row in December, we had children ask where the strawberries were. One of the times it was snowing and they were saying, where's the strawberries? And so obviously I explained that strawberries don't go in the winter, but they were really confused because they had strawberries in their lunchbox. So that was where the idea came that like this connection between food and how it grows in the seasons has really been lost. So I had this idea of getting books a little bit like a Mr. Man book sort of format Mm -hmm. that would connect children to to their food. So I initially created 12 books as a different story for each uh, month of the year. All the characters are in it uh, are fruits and vegetables from that month of the year. So they're in season. You can buy them then. You can grow them then. It's set in a veggie patch and everything's in season. And at the back, there's a recipe that children can cook. And there's also some facts about the star fruit and vegetable. So that was how it started. And then obviously people asked, could you do videos? Could you do resources? Could you do activities? And kind of got added on to and added on to us over time. Oh, that's so good. Obviously, uh, as the listeners know, I have children that are grown up now and even now it's difficult to get them to eat stuff. But but I think you're right. The more they can um, interact with things, the more they can try things, the more you can explain and have conversations about stuff, the more mm-hmm. likely they are to at least try those foods. My daughter actually has a very grown up taste, always has done like mm-hmm. as a child, liked olives, eats prawns, calamari. Like she is very unique, I think, compared to most children. But but fruits and veggies are hard, you know, they're not, they're not easy things to get in them all the time, are they? So, so did you find an improvement in your own family life in terms of, are your children amazing at this? No, they're like normal <laughs> kids. So they're, they're teenagers now, they're 17 and 19 now. And no, they're not perfect eaters. And they went through phases of being picky themselves. And, you know, you just persevere with it and just keep presenting the things to them. And, you know, sometimes they refuse them, sometimes they don't. I mean, I do think having the vegetable garden helped because they knew things tasted nice at the right time of year. They soon stopped eating strawberries in the winter because they knew they were horrible. You know, my son loves tomatoes, but he knows the difference between a September tomato and a February tomato. But no, they, you know, one of them won't eat ham, uh, doesn't really like eggs. He'll eat them, but he doesn't really like eggs. One of them doesn't really like spicy food. But, you know, like if if I'm not in, they can cook, like they can cook themselves something. If I was injured and I asked them to go and do a job in the garden with a bit of instruction, they could do it. They can fend for themselves and they can go to people's houses and eat what they're given. Um, But no, they're not perfect. And I think that's the point. Like I had one one mum say to me that the problem is, is that everybody compares themselves to other parents. And it's an imaginary version of other parents. And like her son was picky. Yeah. And she said that like she just felt like locked out from the other mum. She couldn't send him to play dates because what would they think of the way he ate? And that's an mm. awful thing to think. But I think a lot of us feel like that, that our kids have got to be perfect before we can show them to somebody else. Yeah. And it's just overwhelming. 
yeah. I, I love that. And then what about the, the um, I nearly said farming then, I just like upped your game completely. Yeah, that's me. What I'm about farming. the gardening uh, <laughs> level of this? Because I, I don't know if I said before, actually, my dad has a garden that he grows fruits and veg. In fact, yesterday, right. and we're in uh, literally the 2nd of February, we're recording this. He, I spoke to him yesterday because obviously we're still on lockdown and he was running through his veg that he's going to grow this year. And I was like, oh no, I, I'm not keen on them. Yeah, no, I will have them. Can you add these? And he's, what did he say he's going to grow me? That I was really, oh, he's going to grow avocados. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Aren't they going to be really hard to grow? He's like, no, I can grow anything. And like, he's got his Why green ice, he's got all that. So I am just like, bring it on. The tomatoes and the strawberries, like my nieces and nephews go around to my dad's house and literally will just clear the plants of yeah. tomatoes and strawberries because yeah. they taste amazing because yeah. you can tell the difference, can't you? You can but, tell the difference. Yeah, sorry, were you all, is that, is that something you had to get into or were you always like a green-fingered person? No, not at all. I mean, apparently my mum had a veg patch when I was little, but she mm. went back to work when I was five and she stopped it then. So I don't really remember it. So maybe she had an attitude around you can grow food, yeah. but I don't really remember it. And no, I was a fairly typical child of the 70s and 80s. You know, you yeah. know, we had reasonably normal food at home, but also a lot it's of crispy pancakes. pancakes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those little mini pizzas that were in a stack and <laughs> all of that. Pizzas. Yeah. Oh, my God. My so, childhood, even though my dad grows a lot of veg, he didn't when I was younger because obviously he worked. And didn't have time, and now he's retired. He just this is where he says his life. But literally, we were bought up on freezer food. Like <laughs> I think a lot of us were, eggs, and eggs. Sadly. Yeah, and and I think um you know that's something like you know I do make nice food for my children, and I do get them to appreciate nice food. But like it is also important for them to have like a bit of fun every now and again, and like food. I think food should be an adventure. And like you said about your daughter liking olives and prawns really food should be like exciting and adventurous and something like oh I've never had this before how exciting rather than I've never had this before how terrifying yeah. and like children are naturally suspicious of food like that's that's an anthropological thing to stop us eating poisons okay. but like to get us from there to oh my goodness I want to try everything we've got to stop making it so stressful all the time and just make it fun and familiar and the more familiar we are the more normal a thing is the more likely we are to eat it so that's kind of where I come from so, right, because I was brought up on freezer food and my mum, bless her, was not adventurous at all. I mean, we didn't have pasta. That's how... No, we didn't either. Like, pasta was like, a, what is that? Garlic, my mum's allergic to garlic, so nothing with garlic in it. Like, we had really basic food growing up. And when I met my ex-husband, his mum's a great cook and she she does lovely foods. And, and when I met him, I... I don't know that I was fussy, but I was all, I was very cautious because I didn't know any of this food. And I was like, what is all this? And I remember him saying to me once, like, what's the thing that you love? Like, what's the one taste that you're like, oh God, that's so amazing. He said, what if you eat this thing and this tastes better than that? And then suddenly I was like, okay then. So then I just tried everything and anything. And now exactly. I love cooking and I love making, I say I love it. It's not when you're exhausted and you've got to feed kids and that sort of thing but I do like experimenting I love recipe books I love looking through stuff and I love 
veg. Now I'm not big on fruit, I have to say. Anyway, we've gone down a complete path of talking about <laughs> fruit and veg and kids and, and all this sort of thing, which like people listen to this like, hello, where's the marketing? Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's completely my fault. I've sidetracked this. So we created this amazing business where you are encouraging and teaching children to have more fruits and veg, but not just have them, but to understand them and grow them and, and to get the whole process of things. So how does that translate into the actual business? So you're selling your books. They're sold on Amazon, aren't they? Yeah, and from my own website, yeah. And then I used yeah. to sell directly to local authorities, but those departments don't exist now. But yeah, there's different ways of selling them. Yeah. And then I and also then- do like... Um, uh, like a, a subscription scheme you know where it comes through the post every month nice. to you with activities and so on as well and I do all kinds of little bits like coloring books and you know cups and things like that awesome awesome it's so cool so let's uh, move into the marketing start <laughs> um, tell us uh, the one thing that you've done in your business that really helped from a marketing point of view well yeah the thing that I thought I wanted to talk about was doing using free challenges to get over the fact that I'm a massive raving perfectionist <laughs> So um, I don't mind that. Yeah, exactly. I don't really want to stop being a bit perfectionist because part of why I'm successful at what I do is because I think through everything and I try and make everything really easy to understand and like I'm systematic about things. So I don't want to stop being like that, but it can be really paralyzing because, like, to give you an example, and there'll be some people listening to this who'll just think you're mental, and there'll be other people who think that's me, but like, I couldn't post my first Instagram post on Instagram like when I first set up my account until I'd got a strategy for it. And so that strategy, I had to know what I was going to post on my feed, what it was going to look like, how the posts were going to set out over nine or 12 blocks, how often I was going to post, how I was going to put all my themes in, all of that. And then I also had to think, well, how's that going to fit in with Facebook and LinkedIn and all of that. And so literally one one post, which no one's going to see because I've got no followers, like had all of that weight on it. And that's where you can kind of get, you can get to a point where you can't do anything at all until you've done everything and no one can do everything. Um, And, and I came back to my business after a few years away. And so like a lot of my customers have aged out and I've kind of got to start again from scratch, even though it's an established business. And um, I could have spent the next five years making everything look beautiful and not sold a single product. (laughs) Yeah. So when I joined your academy, not long after you did an Instagram challenge and I've joined in with challenges before, and when I say joined in, I've just gone in them, lurked, watched what other people did, downloaded stuff, screenshotted stuff, and put it in a file for learning later for when you do it properly. Oh, I've got millions of files. Millions of files like that. (laughs) And I always think, like, I'll do this challenge by myself when I'm ready to do it properly. And so I kind of find it. Give it my full attention. That's it. When the moons have aligned and the universe is in this thing yeah ridiculous yes we are ridiculous so um but then I did your Instagram challenge and I thought well I've just joined the academy if I don't actually take part in this properly she's gonna think I'm an idiot and like I'm not <laughs> I would I'm not gonna be a good that. member of the academy and FYI I would never <laughs> so I actually joined in and that was horrific for me because I had no Instagram posts at all I'd sat on it for like literally years and um, so in order to join in with yours, I had to post some things that weren't perfect. And like I knew that wasn't what I would have posted if I sat on it properly. And so I joined in with it. And funnily enough, I didn't lose my house. The world didn't come to an end. My children didn't leave me. My husband didn't leave me. Like it was OK. Yeah, um, at the end that. of the week. Yeah. All that happened was that I had some posts that weren't perfect. And actually a few people liked him. And it was like, oh, OK, so this is good enough. 
and that got me off the ground and it's still not perfect and it will never be perfect but now I have an Instagram following and I've got up to like 100 people following it in a very short space of time by doing what you said so I was like maybe I'm onto something here so I've since basically there's a load of places that I need to get the business back up and going again from this break and so what I've done is I've sought out challenges that are in an area where I really need to get off the ground and I will do the challenge and I won't go into it unless I'm actually going to do at least half to three quarters of the tasks and I'm prepared to do them publicly so my only caveat is like if doing a task like I actually can't do because I'm not like there is a part of the business that can't do it yet then I'm allowed out of that but everything else if it's just about being scared of what it will look like I have to do it and so like now I have my Pinterest is back up and running I've practiced doing video which is my most scary thing I know I've got some videos bank I'm on LinkedIn and I've got like another 100 people on LinkedIn than I had previously I've done a budget for the business for the next year I've done a a PR piece to send out to uh, you know newspapers and magazines I've got that ready and all of those things I would have taken weeks weeks and weeks just sitting staring at them do you know what right and I love this for so many reasons one Granted, your first challenge was in the academy, which obviously is a paid membership, but lots of these challenges are for free. You know, a lot of people, others, yeah. And I've done lots, I've done challenges in the past as a lead magnet in order to get people in the academy. So sometimes, you know, one, the fact that you're not having to pay for these challenges is great. Two, the fact that you went and sought out the ones you needed rather than because I think these things become a waste of our time and effort when we're just following along for the sake of following along (laughs) whereas you were really strategic about the fact of no I really want to get moving on this area of my business is anybody doing a challenge in this area yeah and almost using the using the challenge and using us going you need to do this is is the thing for you it's not even necessarily about what the thing is it's not even like well what type of post it is or what font have I got to use or what caption have I got to write it's just about the fact of getting over that that you know that line and moving forward and for you you know what was interesting is you did start with zero and funnily enough I was just saying to Joe that we've got a LinkedIn challenge coming up next week And I was just working on it last night. So I was re-looking at all the stuff we did on the Instagram challenge. And and I I was reading the kind of intro and it said, you know, some of you are starting from zero. So the challenges are never about a competition to each other. They're never about a who can get the most followers in a short amount of time. They're always about of where am I on day one and where am I on day five? And you, you made a huge step on. And like you said, that. I think the longer you take to do something, the fact that you'd sat on that Instagram for so long and hadn't posted, you had turned posting into this huge, terrifying, massive thing. And then really I came it. on and went, can you post that today, please? And it was like, okay. And then, yeah. like you said, it might not have been the first post you wanted to do. It might not have been perfect. It might not have been, you know, the kind of thought out process that you were looking for but it was done and then you're kind of off to the races or whatever the phrase is and you're starting to do it yeah and I think one of the things that you said when we were when I was um in an R and about it was you sort of said like if it's no good you can always delete it yeah. so I thought well what I can do is I can get to the end of this week I can post every day like she wants me to and at the end of the week if I really hate it I can just delete all five and I'm back to where I started and I've like I've lost nothing but I'll have yeah. learned stuff yeah. And actually, I left all of those posts up because they were fine. They weren't amazing, but they were fine. Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah there's like there's sort of nothing to lose and yeah to come back on what you said about people not competing in the groups the exact opposite is true people are so supportive there's people in there that already know what they're doing and most people don't know what they're doing Mm. and like the comments on other people's posts people are so bigging each other up and bringing each other Mm. on and it's like a really encouraging way to get started yeah because you're with a bunch of other people who don't know what they're doing either on that particular thing so you don't feel like a who are trying to do it and also the other thing that was interesting and that I think is quite good with the challenges is not a case to overwhelm you not a case to think oh this is something else I've got to do but okay if I focus this is what happens with this one thing like we can't give each platform the level of focus we give it when we're doing a challenge but it just shows you and at least gives you a taster of okay well if I focus this time these are the kind of results I can expect or this is the kind of thing that I can get from it whereas if you hadn't done that then you wouldn't even know no you wouldn't know and and sometimes I think that I think things are going to take a lot longer than they do and it's because the first time you do them, they all take a long time. So like making an Instagram post in Canva for the first time ever mm-hmm. that looked pretty took like an hour. And then no, they take like four minutes yeah. you know, to, to actually make the image. It's it's dead easy. But like I thought it was going to take the whole day. And in my head, like, how am I going to do all these posts all the time? And it's only by doing it. I mean, that, that's exactly what I teach children <laughs> yeah. is you know, just try it. If you don't like it, it's fine. Spit it out. Try it again next month. Yeah. Spit it out. And then eventually failed. you might like it. Yeah, um, you haven't failed. You've done something. You've taken some action and you've learned something from it. You've either learned that was a waste of time, won't do that again. Or, you know, I didn't like that style of challenge from that type of person. Or actually, I thought I needed to focus on this platform. And when I started it, it actually didn't give me any results that I was keen about. Or it's like brilliant actually now I know what to do there that's really worked and really helped it's funny every year I have a word of the year and this year I still haven't decided and bearing in mind it's February and recording this but (laughs) definitely part of my word is action and for me not only with myself but the for what I'm teaching this year like how I am going about stuff is taking action. So we've now included the challenges every other month in the in the academy because because there's all these courses in the academy and it's like people might even do them but then they don't take the action. So for me it's yeah. like right, what can I get you to do today that moves you slightly forward? And every single day, even if we move by 1% and by the end of the year we've moved 365%. Like yeah. even if we can move 1% every day, like so that one tiny thing But the Instagram, I have to say, I am with you on the, I get paralyzed by posting. And today, weirdly, right before this call, I've just dragged onto my desktop some some images that I created and I've never posted. And it's like, right, they're going out. Who cares? Who cares if they're not perfect? Just flipping get them out. That's the reason I've got to say. Because again, I'm not posting. So we all need it. I don't think there's any one of us who could sit here and go, oh, I've got all that sorted. It's fine. It's us. So... So okay, the so, standards are just outrageous, isn't it? And we, we're trying to meet standards that just aren't feasible and doesn't make any sense. No, and we just, at the end of the day, we just need to do something. Progress over perfection. Okay, so obviously you did these challenges and they moved you forward. So you've had very tangible results from doing these challenges, haven't you? Yeah, and funnily enough, you said about the word of the year, that's my word of the year, tangible. Is it? Last, tangible? Yeah, like yeah it. last year it was now, which was like, stop thinking about it and just do it now. If, yeah. if you can do it now, do it now. And then, so I was doing a lot of doing it now, but a lot of the doing it now was planning. <laughs> so oh, yeah, this year, 
So this year it's tangible because what, what I mean by that is that I need to spend my time on things that afterwards have results that I can measure and touch and see and that other people yeah. can touch and see. So, yeah, so I have, I, you know, it's not it's not huge results, but like for starting exactly. off, brilliant. So I've got, I started off with something like 60 LinkedIn connections and now I've got 175. That Jack Challenge was three weeks ago. Um, so that's over 100. Yeah, I've got the, I've got followers on Instagram that are genuine followers rather than just my yeah. mates. Yeah, you're still <laughs> posting nice. on Instagram. I, I've got an old Pinterest account that um, was set up for the old kind of old style of the business and the old website. And there's been a huge job with that to like clear out the old stuff and start again. And I've done that. I've like got new boards and I started posting on the Amazing. new boards. Yeah, I've got a budget for the year which, you know, I always kind of put off doing. (laughs) And also, it's like a really grown-up thing to do. Like, give me an Instagram challenge any any day. Oh, money, finance. No, I'll just hide over here, thanks. I might need to, uh, after this, I might need to get who that that challenge was and maybe I need to do that challenge. Yeah, Um, I mean, that was really good as well because I went into that challenge thinking I'm going to be asked to do some, like, really terrifying things here and I'm going to have to, like, back off and say, oh, I can't do this. But she, she was literally like, however big your business is that's how big your budget needs to be if your business is tiny your budget is going to be a really short job it's going to take yeah. hardly any time because there's not that much information stop making it into something kind of like you're a ceo of a multinational yeah, <laughs> you right, literally yeah. just need a plan for the budget you've got at the moment yeah. the product you sell and so i knocked it out in like half a day and, and like i've put that off for months and months and months i was gonna say and how much time do you spend thinking about that thing yeah and actually obviously you guys on the podcast and you Joe know that I have my full focus planner that I use and I write in I do and I'm so tired of transferring to-do lists from one day to the next to the next to the next and it's like just do it literally this one minute now so at right where I was waiting for you to come in I've started typing an email that's been on my to-do list for a little while and it's like I just need to get on and do it rather than like I'll just have a quick look at Instagram or we're all like it all like it Joe thank you so much for coming on and sharing that I love that honestly I think the action thing is so very important and sometimes that action is learning and sometimes that action is is learning and doing at the same time so I'm so glad you love the challenges like I said I'm excited that we're doing more of them in the academy just because they can they give everybody a focus they make you feel like you've achieved something because sometimes, again, we don't realise how much we achieve. So just even doing a little challenge like that and then high-fiving ourselves at the end of it is perfect. My lovely audience, I'm sure, will want to come and check you out and all the lovely stuff that you do. How do they find you online? Oh, thank you. Um, well, my main website is thefoodies.org. So it's the Foodies Books. Uh, that's full of loads of activities and things that you can download for free that you can do every month with your children. So that's thefoodies.org. Um, if you're planning to grow vegetables with your children this year, there is a, a free uh, downloadable that you can get on there that's how to make sowing seeds with your children more successful and avoid the pitfalls of growing food with children. But you can yes. get that for free at thefoodies.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. I will obviously make sure we link up to everything in our show notes. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so Thank much. You. Okay, so that was the lovely Joe. Please do go check out her stuff. I think that's such an amazing business and so cool about the challenges. I think that's such great advice. Anyway, I will leave you guys to it and I will see you on Monday for another episode of the podcast. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.